Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. This sermon was preached on August 30th, 2020, for the 13th Sunday after Pentecost, and one of our last in a series on the Book of Romans, in which we are focusing on the Christian faith one word at a time. This word is grafted. It's based on a a section of Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 11, which reads like this. I am talking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in my ministry, in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be? but life from the dead. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient, in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience, so that he may have mercy on them all. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I have a pair of sad little lilac cuttings dying on the floor of my office right now. I brutally cut them out of the ground around the base of a beautiful lilac bush on the side of our garage. I thought I could replant them. I wanted them to grow and and flourish and someday to bud and flower along the fence line. But it turns out that once you cut a branch off a tree or a shoot from a root, it's really hard to get it to grow again. Hard, but not impossible. Those of you with a green thumb probably know all about grafting. Basically, I could go out and cut a branch off the the red maple tree we just planted outside the church doors and attach it to a silver or a sugar maple, and it would grow as if it had always belonged there. Usually, when you cut a branch from a tree, it doesn't survive. When you sever it from its life source, it dies. But there is a way for it to live. And that's what Paul wants to talk about today. Not landscaping, of course, but how we have been grafted into the family of God. We skipped over some verses in our sermon text for today. I'd like to read some of them for you now. After talking about how the Jews rejected Jesus as their Savior, Paul writes this, If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. 
You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief. And you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you also will be cut off, and, and if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. Now, it was a long metaphor, but a good one for us today, so thank you for bearing with me. Paul starts out here by, by talking about branches that had been broken off. Those are the Jews who stubbornly refused to believe that Jesus was the Son of God, their Savior from sin. Those are the Jews who met the promised Messiah, the Christ, and crucified him. When God sent messengers to share the good news that salvation had come, they ignored or rejected or even persecuted them. So God broke them off because of their unbelief. It's a violent and dramatic end to what had once been a major branch in God's family tree. But it doesn't change the truth that we know about God. Over and over again, we hear passages that remind us that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. That God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So the picture Paul paints for us here is not that God stands by his family tree waiting to snap branches off when they stop believing in him. It's quite the opposite. God is relentlessly looking for ways to graft new branches in, to grow and enlarge that family tree. And that's where the Gentiles come in. They didn't have the history that the Jews did. They weren't rescued from slavery in Egypt. They weren't promised a land flowing with milk and honey. God didn't send his prophets to the Gentiles or build his temple among them. They didn't have any of the advantages that the Jews did. But they were no less loved by God. God always wanted the Gentiles to be saved too. God sent Jesus to be their savior as well. And in a strange twist of fate, guided by God's all-knowing and gracious hand, it was the Jews' own rejection of Jesus that brought reconciliation to the world. It was their hatred that put Jesus on the cross, which is just where he needed to be to pay for the sins of the world. It was the Jews' rejection of the gospel that propelled people like Paul to, to leave Jerusalem and to travel to the four corners of the earth, preaching a message of salvation to anyone who would listen. So while the Jews may have been broken off God's family tree because of their unbelief, God still shows his love for mankind by grafting the Gentiles in and growing his family tree despite rejection and unbelief. 
After all, think about where those Gentiles had come from. They had been living in unbelief and sin, many of them worshiping false gods and idols. But God didn't choose them because they were better than the Jews, because they were somehow worthy. God chose them simply because he loved them. And in his grace, he made room for them in his heart and in his family. Forgive me if this all sounds academic, like a history lesson you slept through in, in Sunday school. It is ancient history, but it's your story at the same time. You are Gentiles, which is just another way to say that you are not Jewish. We have all kinds of different ethnicities and family backgrounds represented here at St. Peter. Ukrainians, Brazilians, Dutch, Germans, Nigerians, Norwegians, Sudanese, Danes, Métis. You are Gentiles, and you have found your place in God's family in the same way that Paul talks about here. God has plucked you from your wild roots and grafted you into his family tree. You know, if, if my lilac cuttings ever work out, it won't be because those shoots asked to be replanted. It won't be because they are so strong and hardy. It'll be because I did something right. Cutting them off at the right time of year, giving them the correct amount of sunlight and water, fertilizing them, repotting them, whatever. Grafting is the gardener's work just as grace is God's. So if you walk away from today's sermon knowing anything, know this. Your place in God's family is purely by God's grace. You don't deserve God's love. In fact, you've done many things that should have caused God to disown you, but God didn't choose you because you are worthy. He chose you because he loves you. He chose you because he wants to see you bud and flourish. And he did all the things necessary to make that happen. He sent his son for you, Jesus, to be your savior, to die on a cross, to forgive all your sin. He commissioned apostles like Paul to take that good news into the world so that everyone could know God's love for them. He sent someone into your life to share that news with you personally. Maybe it was your mom or dad, a friend from school, the neighbor down the street. God is relentless in his love for you. He's gone out of his way to graft you into his family. And he wants you to know that it's entirely by grace. It doesn't depend on you, so you can depend on him. Rejoice that in his grace, God chose you to be part of his family and did everything necessary to graft you into it. But at the same time, remember that grace is God's work, not yours. Paul warns us repeatedly, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. And again, do not be arrogant 
but tremble. Paul knows a thing or two about human nature. He knows how easy it is for our egos to get inflated, how quick we are to condescend. And all you have to do is look around your life to see it. I've been tracking a trend in our local paper. For at least the last month in the editorial section, there's been a cringeworthy back and forth between maskers and anti-maskers. There's no humility in those comments. There's only pride and arrogance, a sense of self-importance and superiority. Only the thought that I am right and they are wrong. Not only that, but they are horrible people for having that opinion. They shouldn't be allowed to have a voice or go out in the public. You turn on the news and a man gets shot a thousand miles from here. And before an investigation can even begin, the pontificating on either side is in full swing. Well, he must have been a horrible criminal who deserved to be shot. Anyone who says otherwise is a moron who hates cops and wants society to descend into chaos. How can you defend those attempted murderers and monsters who gunned down a dad in front of his kids? You must hate all people who look like him. It's so easy for us to assume the moral high ground, to, to think of ourselves as God's treasured possession. After all, he cleared room in his family tree just to grant me in, graft me in. I must be so important. No. You did not earn your spot in God's family tree. At one time, you were disobedient to God. You were a wild olive shoot. But God had mercy on you. He grafted you into his family purely by grace. And it's that same grace and mercy and love that he extends to everyone. Even those people who sometimes feel like our enemies. Paul said that as far as the gospel is concerned, the Jews are enemies for your sake. In Paul's day, they were actively opposing the preaching of God's word. They were driving Paul out of town. They were threatening Christians' lives. With regard to the gospel, they truly were the Gentiles' enemies. But in the very same sentence, Paul reminds us that as far as election, God's sovereign choice is concerned, they are loved. The people who feel or act like your enemies are loved by God the same way you are. They have received the same mercy you have. Jesus is their savior too. And God's gifts and his call, as Paul says, are irrevocable. In other words, God doesn't regret extending his grace to anyone. God doesn't rescind his promises or revoke his gospel. He shows love and mercy to all. So as you engage with the people of this world and the people in your life who feel like enemies, remember that God loves them. 
and that God wants them to be saved just as he has loved and saved you too. There is no moral high ground in God's garden. We have all been grafted purely by his grace, by the sacrifice of Christ and by the ministry of Christ's church. So rejoice in God's love for you, but be humble. Season your life in conversations with grace and be like Paul. Take pride in your place in God's plan of salvation for others. You may be just the one whom God uses to turn an enemy into a friend, to graft a wild olive shoot into his family tree. It may be hard, but it's not impossible with God. He's done it for you, and he's doing it through you for others. May he, who began a good work in you then, carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus our Lord. In his name, amen.